With many 60-year players leading the charge, the Gophers are shooting for a Big Ten West division title this year, but all hope is not lost after this season. There are players and pieces that are helping build this program to maintain consistency, and that is what we are talking about today on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are no Locked On happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you Monday through Friday. Now, yesterday we didn't have a show because I was taking care of some stuff with the family, but it's all squared away and we're ready to keep on rowing. This is a show where we always continue to row, so be sure to follow on Wherever you get your podcast, find us at Lockdown Golden Gophers, and then head on over to YouTube, hit subscribe, and once we hit 500 subscribers there, which we're close, we're within 30, once we hit it there, we are going to be giving a free Dinky Town Athlete t-shirt of your choice away to one lucky drawn winner, so be sure to hit subscribe and follow on YouTube. Now, like I said, we're talking about the Gophers program and how we're building for the long term. The program itself is on the rise. The Gophers have had a good season. Yes, even with the Purdue loss, we've had a good season so far, and hopefully that will continue on as we head into really big games starting next week. Now, I expect this success to continue not only this season, but as the Gophers move forward. Let's talk about it. How, how, how exciting of a time it is to be a Gopher fan. Now you're talking about 2019. We all know 2019. We've brought it up before. 11-2 and two season. One of the best seasons in program history. Then you head into COVID year, which, you know, most programs, you just count it up, chalk it up for an off season, and you move on. And then you move to last year where we had a 9-4 and four season. We lost three games that all could have been easy wins. Or not easy, but at least could have been realistic wins. How about that? Realistic wins. That would put you at an, close to an 11-2 season again. But 9-4 and four is still a good season. One season away from double-digit wins. And then you head into this season. We've started off 4-1 and one, looking to have a 10-plus win season once again. You put string together three full seasons where you're having nine plus wins. It's showing the turnaround. It's showing the consistency. It's showing the build and the growth from within the program. And we've seen it here as Minnesota fans, but we know there's a lot of people, a lot of seniors, upperclassmen contributing right now, and there's no need to fear. But let's talk about those contributors first. Let's talk about who will be leaving after the season for sure and potentially as well. Now, for sure, on the offensive side of ball, you've got John Michael Schmitz, who will be leaving after the season, likely heading to the NFL, could be the best center prospect in the 2023 class. No more eligibility after this year, so he will be gone for sure. Mo Ibrahim will be gone for sure. No eligibility left, likely headed to trying to play on Sundays. Tanner Morgan, in his final year of eligibility. So we've already listed one of our starting linemen, 
our starting running back and our starting quarterback, all three gone, plus another starting lineman in Axel Rushmeyer, another starting lineman in Chuck Filiaga. That's already three starting linemen that will be gone starting next year. Now, this season we lost four. We're for sure losing three for next year. And then you've got Clay Geary and Sam Pickering, who hasn't really played much, but they're both officially out of eligibility after this season. Now, flipping it to the defensive side of ball, you also are losing Terrell Smith, tea time, no more eligibility, Jordan Howden, Thomas Rush, and Mariano Seri Marin. Plus our kicker, Matthew Trickett. All of those players' eligibility is exhausted after the season. Those are a lot of those players, if not all of those players, are key guys that we have to move on from. But we have people waiting in the wings. But not only that, but you have potential players that could leave the program next season as well, whether that be due to hanging it up, whether that be to heading to the NFL and trying it out, whether that be just moving on and graduating. <clears throat> We've got Chris Hopman-Bell, who will be applying, the team will be applying for a medical seventh season of eligibility. We'll see what happens of that if that waiver gets cleared. You would imagine it would, but then it comes down to does he want to come back and use that seventh year, him and his family. We'll find out there, but it is a possibility that he could not want to, and that would mean he would leave. You've got uh, Brevin Spanford. He's got another year of eligibility potentially, but I definitely think he could get looks at the NFL, and some people might look at me weird for that one, but he's a tight end. Tight ends are unpredictable when it comes to not only college football, but the NFL as well, and he has the measurables. He has the intangibles. He can catch the ball. He's got the size. He's got the build, so I would not be surprised if scouts and teams wanted to give him a shot and a look especially as we finish out the season, if he continues his production trend, he could finish with around 600 yards and a few touchdowns, probably four to five touchdowns if we can keep getting looks his way. 600 yards and four to five touchdowns has been getting tight ends drafted in the second and third round for the past five years. So definitely a possibility he could be headed to playing on Sundays. And then another player that technically would have a year of eligibility left, but could test out the waters for the NFL would be Tyler Newbin. He has that defensive prowess. He has the intellect. He has the athletic ability. And he put that on tape, fully on display in that Purdue game. Uh, although we didn't win, he had a interception, a forced fumble. He's all over the field when it comes to directing traffic, making the play, creating opportunities. He almost had another interception in that game but it turned into a pbu instead he's got the talent he definitely can play on sunday so he's a possibility for leaving and then that doesn't even talk about people who could potentially transfer out so you never know with those type of things on top of that you've got two graduate students that could use an extra year of eligibility due to the covid season that we don't know if they'll take that or not in lorenzo sergers and darnell jeffries both transfers that came in this year now many of these guys that i've listed are key players that play key minutes who look who can be looked on or looked upon when it comes to putting in the work and keeping the dial moving but we need to know who are the younger players on the roster, who are the people waiting in the wings that could be up next. 
that's what we're going to talk about coming up next. But first, we have to talk about our friends over at Underdog who are bringing you this episode. Now, this Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to spice up your college football weekends. You want to talk about the college football season and having more fun and being able to be more invested in the games? Well, then get started with Underdog Fantasy. It's easy to start, it's easy to play, and you can do it while you're watching your favorite team play. <clears throat> now, what you do is all you do is you pick a couple players that are playing in the games. It can be anywhere from three to five players, and then you pick over or under on some of their lines. And if you get them all right, you get cold hard cash. Who doesn't like that? You just pick between two and five players. Excuse me, I said three. And not just on your team. You have to pick between at least two different teams and decide if they're finished higher or lower than their totals. So Jordan Travis, higher than 260 yards versus whoever he's playing, higher or lower. That's just an example, but you pick two to five of those, and then if you get them all right, you get cold hard cash back. You can sign up with promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. So you put $100 in, you get $100 back. That's $200 in your account. You put $50 in, they'll put $50 in. That's $100 in your account. All you have to do is use promo code locked on, one word again, one word locked on. And you can go to underdogfantasy.com or you can find them in the app store at Underdog Fantasy. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, one word, and get in on the college football pick'em today. All right, so we're talking about key guys that could fill the void with these huge departures as we move forward and guys to keep on the radar as we move forward for years to come. That's what we're going to talk about in these next segments. Now, first, we're going to start with offense, then we'll close up the show with defense. Now, let's talk about the offensive line first. You've got Ursary out there on the left tackle coming back. You've got Quinn Carroll out there on the right tackle coming back. Both have at least two years of eligibility left after this season. Now, other guys that are on the roster that fought for a starting position this year are J.J. Gaudet and Martez Lewis, who could find themselves maybe in another opportunity to try and get on the field and be a starter. And then you've also got guys who could come back for one more year, like Nathan Bowe, like Carter Shaw, who would fill that starting role for a year, a la Axel Rushmeyer, like we see this year. Um, so that's a potential as well. And then... You could look at your second string guys that are younger, like Ashton Beers, like Jackson Hunter, and then you could look at true freshmen like Cade McConnell. Cade McConnell impressed me in the fall camp, and I do think he will be a guy to look forward to, to keep an eye on in the spring next year, in the fall camp next year, because I think he's a guy that could fight four minutes and that could be anywhere on the interior i think he could play the guard positions i did see him at some center snaps over the fall camp so he's got versatility he's got ability he's got size let me tell you that man has size especially for a true freshman so he is definitely someone i am keeping my eye on as far as coming to those three interior starters that we will be looking to fill next season now, I just named off a bunch of players that are currently on the roster, but you also have four 2023 commits coming to the program next season. You've got Jerome Williams, who's our only four-star kid as of right now. There's still adjustments. There's still people yet to sign, like Marjavius Moss, who is considering the Gophers. And then 
you've got three others in Greg Johnson, Reese Tripp, and Dierick Mister, who all have played the tackle position for the most part, but at the collegiate level, maybe they kick in, maybe they don't. You never know what Coach Callahan is thinking when it comes to how he wants these offensive linemen to play, but what we do know is they will put in the work and fight for spots. Now, Jerome Williams is an interesting one because he's already been in the interior offensive lineman. So if he really, it clicks when he gets here. If he shows up early, if it clicks and it starts to make sense and he puts that potential to use, he could find himself in a starting spot as a freshman. You never know. That is a possibility. So you've got Jerome Williams in there. You've got opportunities with like Ashton Beers, Jackson Hunter. You've got Martez Lewis could go to the right tackle position. You kick Quinn Carroll inside, which he has played the guard position. Even in the fall camp, he used reps at the right guard position. So you could kick him inside, put Martez Lewis on the right tackle position. What I'm saying is there are a lot of options and a lot of depth at this O-line position. So it's something that we will continue to grind out and get better with. And then you see Ariante Erzuri taking the next step and hopefully being the leader across the line. So the O-line is in a good spot when it comes to moving forward. Now, how about the other offensive positions? Well, wide receivers could look similar to what we see right now. Technically, all of the receivers could be back, especially if Chris Amonbell gets that waiver clearance. So it could be the exact same room that we're seeing. But... There could be transfers out, depending on how the year plays out. There could be Chris Abenbell doesn't take the medical redshirt. So who are players that could continue to be a positive for us as we move forward? Well, we're seeing Daniel Jackson take that next step uh, over these three games that he's been healthy. Now he's on a pitch count in game one, but he showed little flashes, made a catch, had good run blocking, good pass blocking on certain routes or on certain plays. And then he comes up the next game has two touchdowns on 43 yards, and they were really key catches. They were solid catches. They weren't like anything easy or gimmies. And then you go to the next game where he has six receptions for 110 yards. He has really good route running, probably one of the best route runners on the team as it stands, finds a way to get open, and he's good at breaking that first tackle. We talked about broken tackles with Daniel House on our last show. If you did not watch that, you absolutely need to. Daniel House is my guy, and he is spitting facts straight up. Now, we were talking about missed tackles when it comes to the running backs, but it also helps with your receivers or any player that has the ball in their hands. If you can break tackles, you help your team. And Daniel Jackson put that on full display in his last game with broken tackles, with yards after care or yards after catch, and just finding ways to create separation and get open. So Daniel Jackson is very excited. Now we've talked about Dalen Wright and we'll see if we can get him more involved, but so far it just hasn't been there. I think it is due to lack of separation and maybe less trust with Tanner as far as just throwing the ball up. Tanner is a quarterback that tries to make the right decision and make solid opportunity throws. He doesn't want to just throw up a 50-50 ball. He wants to be able to have the window to throw it open to only a spot where his receiver can get it. So the jump balls are a little more risky and less thrown by Tanner Morgan, but it's a type of pass that Dalen Wright could capitalize on a lot if given the opportunity. So there's a lot up in the air there. Could that change with Ethan Kaliak Manis? Absolutely it could. If you've looked at the spring games, if you looked at the fall camp where he got reps with the ones, 
Ethan will throw that jump ball up to Dalen Wright. Ethan will put that ball out in front of him on a go route, on something that's flying up the field. Ethan will take more risks there. So it's definitely, if Dalen Wright sticks around and he wants to continue to build in this program, opportunities could be coming with a quarterback change as well next season. So those two are definitely guys to keep an eye on, but there are young players to keep an eye on moving forward outside of this as well. You've got names like Ike White. You've got Dino Kaliakmanis. You've got Christian Hoskins. You've got Daniel Hayes and Tyler Brown coming in from the 23 class. So there's a lot of young potential on the wide receiver, but it looks like we'll continue to building with older guys and let the younger guys step into opportunities as they're ready. No one will be forced on the field as true freshmen. Then you move to the running back room, and this is one people have lots of questions about as Mo Ibrahim moves on from the pro- program. We saw last game versus Purdue. It can be rough. Living life without Mo can be rough because he helps create extra opportunities. He is great after contact. He fights. He falls forward. He's got vision. He's got the ability. We've seen it. You know Mo. I know Mo. He does it. He does the thing. Now, Trey Potts and Bryce Williams have both shown opportunities to be efficient on the ground as lead backs. We saw that last year. Don't forget about that. Last year without Mo, those guys were balling out. So don't take the Purdue game as the only way like, oh, they can't do it. Yes, they can. We've seen it before. The offensive line struggled against Purdue big time, but... Those two will likely be involved in some capacity next season. Then you've got guys like Zach Evans, who hopefully will have clean health because when he was healthy, he was flashing all over the field in the spring game. And then you have Darius Taylor, who is coming in from the 23 class, who is going absolutely ballistic at the high school level this year. He had three games in a row with six touchdowns. So that's 18 touchdowns in three games. On top of that, one of those six touchdown games, he also had 438 rushing yards, which was his school's all-time record set by him now. Kid is balling. Kid is exciting. Kid is just getting into his potential. He recently switched to the running back position in his junior year and has run with it ever since. No pun intended. He's someone to be excited about. Marquise Williams, former four-star, has also been balling out in his own right who is coming through. And then you've got Preston Jalen, uh, Jordan Newbin, Max Grand all have eligibility next year as well. So the depth in the running back room will be immense. It just comes down to who can anybody take that lead back that we saw from Mo, or does it become more of a committee? Do we see a two-headed monster, a three-headed monster between... Potts, Evans, Taylor, and Marquise Williams? Do we see a massive running back room like that? Or how does it all play out? The depth is there. The talent is for sure there. But who takes over the room? That's something we'll have to look forward to with the running backs. But they're still in a good spot. Then you go to the quarterback, and it's Ethan's job to lose. I'm not even going to mess around with this anymore. I'm not going to say, is it Ethan? Is it Cole? Look, I would be absolutely dumbfounded if Ethan doesn't have the first shot at starting next season. The only way, the absolute only way I see maybe he has a competition, not even like a, oh, he's not the starter. The only way he has a competition in my eyes is if somehow, some way, a quarterback enters the transfer portal is a like top tier, big arm quarterback that says, I want to play for the Gophers. That's the team I want to go to. And he commits here. 
Then maybe you have a competition, but even then, I think it's Ethan's job to lose. We've seen the flashes of brilliance. He's been growing, homegrown, handgrown in this program. He's been coming along really quickly. He switched from the Sanford system to the Kirk Shiraka system, and he's been picking it up, and you see it clicking faster and faster. He's making the right decisions. He's able to get out on the run. He has the multiple arm angle throws. He can throw off-platform, like, there's so much potential there. There's so much potential, and it's his job to lose, in my opinion. Now, Jacob Newth would be an interesting name to keep an eye on to see how far he comes along in one year, but I think Ethan has the massive advantage in experience, in talent, in arm strength, you name it. So I really think Ethan Kaliak Menace is the future of this program at the quarterback position, and that starts this spring. And that'll be fun to see, but there will be a lot of young arms behind him as well. So we'll really see how it shakes out over the next couple of years. Then finally, you look at the tight ends. If Brevin Spanford leaves, you've got Nick Callerup still here, and you've got Jameson Gears ready to be the room if Brevin leaves. There's a bunch of younger guys behind them, and you could have other names start to step up and process as well. But I think Jameson Gears really takes on the role that Brevin would leave behind if he makes the jump to the NFL. So overall, the offense is in a good spot moving forward. The depth and the talent is there. It just becomes getting the reps and who leads the way at each position or steps up. So you like to hear it on offense, but how does it look on defense? A defense that has been top 10 in the nation for the past two years now. How do you fill those voids and departures like potentially Newbin, Howden, Mariano, and more? We're going to talk about that coming up next. All right, so we're closing this thing off with the defensive filling the void. It's probably still a huge rotation on the defensive line like we've seen this year where we're rotating a lot of guys, and you've got Trill Carter probably coming back. You've got Kyler Baugh likely coming back, and those guys will probably lead the front on that interior defensive line, but you've also got Logan Richter, Gage Keys, and I think Devin Eastern, the more and more time he gets in the program, the more he gets in the weight room, the more he gets experience, that dude's going to be a factor. That guy is going to be a starter on this team one day. I have no doubt. Devin Eastern is a mammoth. He's a beast. He is built for football to be a monster on the interior. And he is a guy that I just continue to get excited about moving forward. Now, on the edge side of things, you've got Danny Strigal out there. He'll probably be a starter and fill that Thomas Rush role. You've got Ja Joyner, who's been out there and being one of the most bendy edge rushers on the team. You've got Jalen Logan Redding, who's been starting on the outside and will likely still have a lot of opportunities. So you see them in a rotation as well. But four or three guys with the highest upside, in my opinion, my personal opinion, the three guys at the edge position that you could see more and more evolved is Austin Booker, Hayden Schwartz, who is a true freshman, and Anthony Smith who is a true freshman, Anthony Smith has put it on tape all throughout fall camp. He has had opportunities in the very early games, got his first tackle in the first game of the season. Like Anthony Smith, as he gets more developed in this program, he will. Mark my words. I'll put money down, bet online, put give me the numbers. Anthony Smith will be a starter on this Gophers team at some point. Like I have no doubt in that. So this year, Danny... 
Strigow, Ja Joyner, and Jalen Logan Redding may have the opportunity to earn the inside track and try to lock up one of those starting positions at the edge rush next year. But those young guys will be itching and on their heels trying to be a starter, trying to get the opportunities and move up in their opportunities. What this defense needs the most is generating pressures. We've seen it all season. We need to get more pressure on the quarterback, more sacks, more opportunities to set the, the or set the opponent's offense further back in worse positions. That's what we need, and we don't see it enough right now from this defense. It's a goal. Whoever gives us that best opportunity, that will be the person starting. So yes, these guys might have the inside track, but whoever gives us the best opportunity will find themselves with the most reps as we move forward next season and beyond. So I do think Anthony Smith, Hayden Schwartz are both two really young true freshmen that will be playmakers in this program as we move forward. Then you go to the linebacker, and who I think steps in for Mariano Sotomayor is likely going to be Cody Lindenberg, barring health if he stays healthy. You've been seeing him worked in more and more this season, and I think he is definitely a guy to watch for over the years. We've had success getting linebackers to the NFL, and he could be another guy that has that opportunity with more and more production, with more and more leadership, with the communication he has to echo to the defense, like we see from Mariano Sotomayor. So linebacker, I definitely think you can see Cody Lindenberg step up. You've got a a massive amount of depth at the linebacker as well. You've got LeCaptain, you've got Oliver, you've got Willis, you've got Ani, you've got Finnessy, all having years of eligibility remaining after this season. So that linebacker room can have some consistency moving forward. And then you've got true freshman Maverick Baranowski, who will look to continue to try to put his name in the competition. And then you've got true freshman Travion McCrutchen and... The year after that, you've got Mason Carrier. Like The linebacker room has been setting up very nicely to continue on, continue on, and continue on. And hopefully, fingers crossed, recruiting, help us out. We'll have Asa Newsom as well coming over to this linebacker room, which could be massive, and he could find himself looking at opportunities very quickly as a true freshman next year. We'll go to the cornerbacks. Now, the cornerback's room stays strong. Wally will be field side. Now, you're looking for a replacement on the boundary side, which could be Beanie Bishop, who has stepped in for tea time anytime he has had to come off the field. But you could see Tariq Watson maybe try to get a look in there, true freshman. You could see our boy Zaquan Bryan putting in the work and really going to be a competitor and try to get that starting spot on the boundary side, potentially. You've got... Uh, Inside, you've got Flip Dixon still coming back. You've got Ryan Stapp, who has a year of eligibility left. You've got Jalen Glaze waiting in the wings, ready to step up and be a guy for this defense. The cornerback room looks solid. It looks real solid, and I am excited for it to continue to progress. Now, looking finally at the safety position, which could take the hugest hit on our defense, You've got Jordan Howden for sure with his last year of eligibility this year. And Tyler Newbin could take the jump to the NFL if he decides to. That means you could lose both of your starters. So where does that put us? Well, Coleman Bryson flashed all of spring camp, or spring training, spring ball, sorry, or fall camp. He also balled out and PJ brought him up in a couple of the pressers after some of the fall camps. Coleman Bryson is definitely a guy that I see being a contributor in this defense moving forward as he gains more experience. But you've also got Darius Green, who has gotten a ton of reps with the twos. 
And then you've got true freshman of the 2023 class coming in, Kerry Brown. Plus, you've got lots of young D-backs that have cross-trained, like Stephen Ortiz Jr., former four-star who we haven't seen much of, Miles Fleming, Aiden Gowsby. Those are all guys that have been putting work in for both the safety and the cornerbacks and understanding how it all works. So, like I said, the depth. People talk about if we lose a player this year, if one of our big guys goes down, we're screwed. No. Like, we've seen when Chris Hotman Bell went down, we've had guys ready to step up and be that next man up mentality. You've got that across the board here, but luckily and hopefully at continuing, knock on wood, that health will continue. But we have depth, 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 almost at every position. So this program is building the right way. The classes are exciting. Now we have the 39th class in recruiting right now as it stands that could go up slightly depending on some of these last guys like Asa Newsom, like Marjavius Moss. So hopefully we continue to see that talent shine. But one thing Coach Fleck has said in multiple press conferences that I want to stress is some of these freshmen, when you walk out there and they come in for the first time, they've been getting in the fall camp for the first time, they look like the starters. Their build, their size, their intangibles, they look like college football FBS D1 starters. Now, they don't have the experience, and that's what we're working on, putting them in the right experience, getting them the knowledge, learning the playbook, learning the system. But once it clicks for those guys, this this could be something special. That is what Coach Fleck has stressed, and I believe it. I've been out there standing next to some of these dudes. You look at, I love Trill Carter. Trill Carter is a baller. Trill Carter is out there doing what he is asked and putting it on display. Kyler Bob, love him. Love his effort, love his speed, love his aggression. You put Devin Eastern next to those guys, you can see exactly what Coach Fleck is talking about. Now, he's not as instinctual as Kyler Bob and Trill Carter right now, but when he gets to that level, look out. That is what Coach Fleck is saying, and that is what we are getting excited about. That that type of size, that type of talent is all over, and that is what we are getting excited about. That's why we are in good hands. Now, that's what it's going to do for us today. That is the episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, and we will be back next week. Tristan will be back with us next week. I'm working on getting a former Gopher basketball player on the show, so be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to follow, and be sure to give us a five-star review. Thank you. This is Ken Rob signing off. Roll the boat. Sky Go, go.